I'm Scott Thompson, Andy Lister, and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. We are planning your financial future. Uh, As you listen along, know you can call in, leave a message. They will get back to you. 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. Check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can ask a question there via the listener inquiry button. Also, check out old archive shows as well. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you. Good morning, morning, Scott. Beautiful weather we're having. Unbelievable. Welcome to summer. Does that that change our tax planning in any way? Are we one season behind here? No kidding. I'm going to talk about the ongoing debate of the new liberal tax changes. This seems to be getting a lot of uh, discussion. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it's amazing. um, On the television newscasts all this week, the discussion about Mm. Parliament being back in and being liberals being hammered about the proposed changes to corporation small ta- or tax on small business corporations. Now they're selling this as if we're attacking the rich and we're we're you know it's not fair that these corporations uh, have bigger refunds than the average person that makes an average wage. I- is that the case? Are we attacking the rich or small business here? Well, I, th- I, I mean, I think that's part of the optics of this is because the the idea that we're attacking these large, wealthy, wealthy Canadians uh, with large corporations or big, big business or even making lots of money through this, where really it's small business, which represents the majority yeah. of these uh, of these cases. And the optics and the communication around it, I think, started the firestorm as well, because that whole group, whether you're a farmer, whether you're an independent business owner, whether you're an incorporated professional, uh, there's Plumber, all, kind, all, all, all kinds of categories, yeah. all kinds of categories that fall that are small business owners. And, uh, you know, so that the, the communication came out uh, about being tax cheats, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. mm. uh, or just accessing loopholes yeah. in the system. It was it's funny how that narrative changed because he started out, the prime minister started saying that and then he said, no, 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 these were all, he corrected himself like a week or so or a couple yes. of days later saying that, no, no, these were all things that were balanced and that they were, that they were uh, all legal and on the up and up. He, he sort of corrected himself and saying they're not legal. It's just now we're uh, I know. filling So, them. and I think there's there's a lot of, lot of discussion going on about this and there was a big uh, meeting out west last week in terms of trying to get feedback from the professionals in the area and what what jumped out at me is I, I watched several interviews of professionals whether they were tax accountants or specialists in tax uh, taxation of business uh, small business and really over and over again they said you know it's so complex that we're still discovering things that we don't understand about it we're yeah. still trying to figure out the impl- implications of certain aspects of this legislation and in fact, that the amount of compliance, in other words, the amount of due diligence, the amount of work that a business owner is going to have to do in terms of employing their accountant, their professional uh, advisors to understand mm-hmm. what are the implications to my current business and uh, and how, uh, how do I stay on side with these new rules, it's going to be enormous. And one of the big distinctions when I think about that from a business owner versus, say, an employee, and uh, if you're an employee, you can basically go out to Staples or or Best Buy and get a 
$19 software package, <clears throat> TurboTax or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you can file your tax return. Yeah. You're done. If you're a small business owner, you're going to spend thousands of dollars in mm-hmm. terms of preparing your tax papers yeah. because it is more complicated. There are more risks associated with it, and you need to hire somebody whose job it is that knows yeah. exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So there's a big distinction in terms of when you talk about risks and what is involved in terms of being a business owner as well. And really what the government's trying to suggest, and I think it's not balanced, is they're, they're really trying to look at ways to take more of the share of their profits mm-hmm. that a company yeah. is making or a small business owner is making, and but they're not willing to share on the losses side. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, we're business owners are always taking on risks mm-hmm. and many of them go bankrupt and start yeah. over again. And eventually maybe they make it. And as a result, they have the capacity to build wealth rapidly or quickly, or maybe enhance their retirement through this process. But at the same time, the government wants more of that money, yeah. but when they fail and have losses, they don't give them the same benefit on that side as well. Yeah. So I think there's an imbalance there for sure. Um, the consensus through all the professionals that were interviewed and talked with about this is that we need more time. We need more time to go back in terms of this consultation period, which is ends October 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really, there's a petition out right now, and I'm going I'm to give more information about that as well, and we'll put that onto our website. Um, it's called change, uh, www.change.org, O-R-G. And on there, you'll find a petition where you can sign up to ask for an extension mm-hmm. to the consultation period. Not asking them to change it or, dro- or drop it or right. you know, get rid of it. But this is just simply uh, a petition to extend the consultation period. And uh, right now, I believe there's about 19,000 signatures on that, uh, on that petition. 25,000 is the target in terms of bringing that to the government to say, listen, these are the feelings of people that are either in business or, or just don't what, like the idea of what's what going on What will extending here. the process do? What do they hope to accomplish with that? Well, there's a lot of, there's not much clear, there's, 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 some clarity in parts of this legislation and there's virtually no clarity in other parts of the legislation. Mm -hmm. And I think what it also opens up is the chance for people to come back with alternatives, right? right? Because that's part of the process that they said in this, in this discovery period is to say, listen, if you don't like it, that's, you know, tell us that and Mm -hmm. what you don't like about it, but also offer us suggestions or alternatives that might be a a benefit or a strategy. Is there an answer there, closing this loophole, but giving them something else? Yeah, I haven't, you know, in terms of the research on that, again, I think what it comes down to is the fairness, right? Maybe there's a way to provide more, uh, more protection or more um, help if somebody does fail, you know, on the downside. Uh, versus just taking money from the people that are succeeding. Is this just a tax grab? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No question. Get it off your chest. This (laughs) is without question just a pure tax grab, trying to find another source and decorating. And and attacking people that that, that create jobs. Well, and not only that, but there's a public perception that they're making too much. Like I notice it's interesting that we don't attack the teachers, but we'll attack the doctors because there's this perception that doctors are all rich. And and, and doctors, and I absolutely think they're worth every penny they make. Of course they are, just as teachers are. uh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but you are also in school for about 10 more years yeah, than, exactly. a, than a teacher yeah. or any, almost any profession for that matter. Yeah. Um, they usually get going in the lower th- low 30s yeah. if they get through all the hoops. Yeah. 
and they finally make, and that's a massive education risk yeah. because not only they they fail along the way, they don't yeah. get to go. Yeah. And secondly, they've taken on a debt that I've seen them in, in up to over, I've seen them up to a million dollars in debt. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they've had to go overseas to get the, uh, mm-hmm. to get the certificate or the, uh, the mm. diploma or, or just become a doctor, an MD. So therefore, because they weren't able to come over in Canada to get the same qualifications. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of an interesting situation yeah. there. But anyway, they, they finally get this, they pay down the debt, and they're usually, call it late 30s, mm-hmm. and wow, I can save for retirement now. Yeah. Well, two years ago, they reduced all the doctor's fees on a lot of the different things that they were doing, whether it was, a, say, an MRI or dispensing or whatever it was, and the docs then were actually showing a different way to increase their income to yeah. offset these reduction in fees. And that and, was this. And that was using a corporation yeah. to save tax by sprinkling. Which you guys have been talking about forever. Absolutely, and it's extremely fair. You know, if a doctor does make, say, 300000 okay, <clears throat> well, that's certainly not after tax, first of all. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're paying about 120000 of that to income tax. Yeah. And they've took it, taken a huge risk yeah. rather than somebody that took a trade school of yeah. some sort and yeah. know, hey, we, we need more of those like crazy right now. But they started age, say, 20, mm-hmm. and these guys are starting really getting going at mid-30s. Yeah. And then it's... How do you build up your retirement? Yeah. And if you are, a, say, union, you might have a pension there. But if you're in a something like a teacher, for example, you're starting first day. If you go through it and you get a job, you're starting at, say, age about 25, mm-hmm. maybe younger. And you're involved in a pension fund. And you're able to defer a lot of tax. And by the way, I, and, I, and I wholeheartedly think the teachers are not the ones I should be picking on because I look at civil servants. Because mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. with teachers, they're actually adding about 12% of their pay towards a pension fund, right. which is matched. Yeah. And absolutely deserve that. Uh, on the other hand, where there's fully funded civil servant pension funds, they've often said that, well, you know what? We're not making as much as the private sector, but we have a pension. Well, that's actually the old school. Yeah. They're actually been shown the that days. they're making the yeah. same, if not more, yeah. than the private sector now. Mm-hmm. And they got this very sweet pension yeah. that actually, after 35 years of working, on, on average, is worth $1.2 million. Mm. So if they just went into their, if they simply looked at their own pockets and said, okay, where, where, where could we get the most money? Um, you'd probably start looking at themselves mm-hmm. and say, let's uh, maybe go with a defined contribution plan, yeah. such as all the um, self-employed are doing, because yeah. the uh, defined benefit plans are extremely expensive. And it works out that you could actually save the taxpayers and reduce the deficit by $2.5 billion versus this whole income sprinkling thing. Mm-hmm. It's a savings of about $250 million. And we're, that's literally, that's like a, a drop in the bucket. It's hardly anything. Considering that the deficit, they're looking at a deficit this year of $28 billion. Mm-hmm. $28 billion with a B. Yeah. And this whole tax savings, sort of attacking the so-called wealthy, might save them 250 million. Mm-hmm. So I look at the risk the doctors pay. Um, as a self-employed person, you're paying both sides of Canada Pension Plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you actually take the risk, as Andy mentioned, and doesn't, and you fail, you go bankrupt. Nobody picks up the pieces. Yeah. You've lost your house because usually you've mortgaged that. Mm-hmm. You've uh, had to sell things. You've had to declare bankruptcy, which I've seen a number of times. 
You can't even collect EI. You can't collect EI. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. And quite often, you pay yourself such a small salary to get going. They keep talking about in this, uh, oh, well, we have RSPs and TFSAs. They don't have any earned income for so many years because they're trying to build this business up and keeping the money inside the business. They're taking a very nominal salary, small business people, and they don't have a lot of RSP room. Mm-hmm. If they make it, which good for them, they've worked 60, 70 hours a week. If they make it, there should be some type of incentive for them. And if it's income sprinkling, whether it's uh, building funds within the corporation, why not? Mm-hmm. I absolutely have no problem with it because you you cannot compare a wage of somebody that's making $100,000 sitting there as an employee versus somebody who makes $100,000 as a self-employed person. Not even close. The lifestyles are so different. One is literally, they go to bed thinking about it. Mm -hmm. They're trying to figure out their employees. They've hired six or seven people. Somebody took mat leave. It's unbelievable the different things that they have to look at versus an employee looking at the exact same thing. If you want to see fairness, this is actually reasonably fair the way it is now. Actually, I think they probably should give the small businessmen more people, not take away stuff. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. 905-529-7165. Call now. Leave a message. They'll get back to you. And don't forget to check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Where you can find out more about the upcoming seminar, October 12th. What can you tell us about this? We're calling it the Creating Your Retirement Paycheck Mm -hmm. Seminar, and it is going to be October 12th. Perfect. Which I believe is a Thursday. Anyway, October 12th yes, at 10 a.m., we're going to be at the Royal Hamilton Yacht Club down at the waterfront. Cool. And at 7 p.m., we're going to be at the Sea Hotel up on the mountain. And again, the, the subject matter, recreating your retirement paycheck. Listen, just either call our office, and you can even leave there a voicemail that you're interested with your information there this weekend. Uh, or you can check out the website and you'll be able to log in and uh, and register there as well. Andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com to uh, find out more. We're talking about the ongoing debate over the tax changes. Yeah. Now, you know, the one thing that I will say about everybody who's up in arms <laughs> over this is that it's not like we didn't know. Yeah. And to be honest, this was in the liberal platform in 2015. That mm. was right there, and so, but part of the we hate the rich, yeah, uh, and you'll never us, be rich, so hate them. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of us, I think, people just stuck their head in the sand, and they thought, oh, they'll never do it, they'll never do it, they'll never do it. Well, then come along February in the set in 2017, it was in the budget, right? It was in the federal budget in terms of reviewing all of this, so it shouldn't come as any surprise. Uh, and yet, I still think people were sort of caught off foot off balance in terms of the, the timing of it and that they're actually coming after it right now. Plus, considering the economy of the last eight to 10 years or so, there I'm guessing more and more small businesses now than there's ever been because people, it was an option for them when they got laid off their other job. Yeah. They started yeah, their own yeah. business. How many too. of those are there out there? I know. No I question. Know. true. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people when they're voting actually considered some of the platforms though no. you're actually you're assuming right. andy that saying well you know this is the platform and i think there's a certain lot of emotion that goes into voting also no changing yes. the yes. way we vote in marijuana were a bigger issue than these were. absolutely that's probably yeah. true. without question yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot going on behind the scene in terms of this whole process. There's things called the reasonability tests, and there's all there's a number of different sort of avenues or areas that have to be sort of flushed out. What does it really mean? And reasonability test is really what they're trying to say is in in the past, if I was a small business owner and I employed my family. I could pay them a salary, and there was a reasonability test, and the reasonability test was that that salary had to be similar to what I would pay the average person on the street. Maybe you could actually, you could add an enhancement to it Mm -hmm. because the closer connection probably meant you might be a little more trustworthy in terms as an employee, et cetera, but you had to be, uh, you had to demonstrate what, what was the work that they were doing in terms of earning that salary. Right. So in many cases, either if you had young children, it was just nominal. There wasn't very much that you could put in. They might be doing an hour a week or a couple hours a week. Maybe later on as they got older, they were able to be more involved, you know, 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week. And I guess the illusion is, is that these people really weren't doing the work. They were just tax write-off for their parents. Is that valid? I think that's a valid comment. And maybe uh, maybe that is true in some cases. So the reasonability test was put in there to, to sort of put some put some buffers on it in terms mm-hmm. of what people might think about in terms of paying a salary in, in the effort to maybe get away with some tax, you know, avoiding yeah. paying tax. Um, but some of the like a big change that we might see happening is, let's say... Um, uh, that an individual had a small business and they their business was to uh, buy buy real estate mm-hmm. and it's a husband and wife. And one of the, let's say the wife is the one who's completely involved in it. She's doing all the research. She is analyzing which properties are a good investment. She's running the, um, the rental of the properties. And then they're also flipping these properties. So they're selling them and, and buying and selling them. And so when it comes to taxation, uh, flipping houses can quickly be changed from earning a capital gain on an investment to actually earning employment income. Mm-hmm. Because if it's considered your primary source of income, right. uh, could, it's the same as day trading. If you're right. a day trader mm-hmm. in the stock market, your your primary source of income is the is the, is the, business is the investment. It's yeah. a business. Yeah. So you're no longer going to be taxed at a lower rate because it's capital gains on the sale of a transaction of buying a house. It's now going to be considered like salary, yeah. like income. Uh, so that's one thing. It's treated as income. But in, under these, these new rules, it's only only going to be taxed against the active partner. So the spouse who's a shareholder but hasn't been involved heavily in the process, there's no reasonability in terms of her being able to take half of that income Mm -hmm. because she's a passive passive shareholder. So this is going to be something that's going to add, again, a whole other layer of complexity to someone's tax situation as a small business owner. So that's just one example of how the income splitting rules are, be, are going to become very complex. You're going to need experts to still, and they're still trying to figure out exactly what they mean. Um, so the reasonableness is really so that so it's not different for, for it's going to be different for everybody because some people might have uh, their spouse is involved heavily, mm-hmm. whereas others might not have anybody right. any involvement at all. Um, and and I think that when you think about what does this really mean or how does this process working well, the whole pro, the whole idea of corporation and incorporating was designed to. To, number one, to limit uh, liability. Mm-hmm. So you could separate your business and your personal life. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't apply to um, 
professionals like doctors or lawyers or financial planners like mm-hmm. ourselves, if we screw up personally, we cannot be we cannot hide behind our corporation. Right. Uh, but if you're a, you know a widget maker, you can have the business can be sued, but your personal assets can be set right. separate away from the business. So that was one of the reasons for incorporation to begin with. Tax deferral is probably the other big one, and in many cases, so if if you make less than five hundred thousand in dollars in your business, this is after your expenses. So let's say you you grossed eight hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you had three hundred thousand of expenses uh, and salaries, etc. So you you ended up with five hundred thousand as your business income. In the, in this case, that active business income is only subject to about twelve to thirteen percent depending on the province you're in. And the tax rates on the amount over 500,000 are much, much higher. They go up to about 26 to 31%. So really what it means in terms of you're able to defer or not pay as much tax and that money stays inside your corporation. But you can't spend that. Mm -hmm. That's not your money to spend. It's in that corporation to be available for future investment opportunities in the business, expansion, hiring people, et cetera, et cetera. That's a very good point because there's, that's never been brought out. No. They always just keep talking about, it's yes, just a the deferral. corporations are paying a lower rate, which is absolutely true. It's about 15% yeah. if you make under, I think it's 500000 Yeah. But what they're not saying, if we actually want to get that money, say, put a pool in our backyard for those business owners, they then have to pay themselves a dividend, and then they pay the other 35 plus percent. Mm-hmm. So they end up paying this exact same rate as if they got the income. Right. As a salary. As a original. salary. Yeah. There's zero difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only difference, as Andy just mentioned, is there's a salary um, deferral. Right. So if you want to defer it, which is really quite a need for business people because they may be saving for a truck that they have to buy five years from now. Right. Um, and they'll put it in investments to earn a higher you know, higher return while it's sitting there, better than a 0% corporate account. Yeah. And that's basically what they're paying. <clears throat> but then they're looking at taxing this as passive income. And... Mm-hmm. This is really, this is the, one of the biggest ones. The income sprinkling, which means you're paying your spouse or kids a dividend to you know, put the tax burden mm-hmm. over a few people rather than one person, you know, that's one. But this is their, for a lot of people, they're trying to save money in this business. If they don't need it, and it's like a big giant RSP. Yeah. Then as you pull it out, you have to pay the tax when you pull it out, just mm-hmm. like an RSP. Yeah. Well, that's when, this is one of the reasons, again, that uh, petition that www change.org, O-R-G, is really asking for an extension because that particular area on passive investments, so the money that's in the corporation but hasn't been needed right now and can be invested until some point in the future, whether it gets withdrawn as part of your salary or income later Mm -hmm. or whether it gets spent on business expenses, there's all kinds of options. But in the meantime, it can be considered passive income instead of active income. Uh, business income. And as a result, it, they want to tax it at a much higher, higher rate. But uh, in this legislation that's been proposed, that is the area that has the least amount of clarity in it altogether. Right. In fact, um, the, the, the suggestion is, is that if they do implement this strategy and these changes, that um, the, the, the changes to the sprinkling of dividends probably won't happen until 2018. And so we're recommending that people seek their tax advisor, their financial planner, and speak to them because you may want to, this may be the year to, to pay out the maximum you can in term of, terms of dividends yeah. to your family members, take advantage of the moment of the opportunity. But in terms of passive investments, we don't see that actually, and the changes to that, that may not happen for another time period still because mm-hmm. there's very little clarity in terms of how that's going to work. So overall, I think that... Um, uh, People are really upset. 
I think that uh, <laughs> I think I, I know <laughs> people are really upset, including the Liberal Caucus. There's it's actually interesting. It was it was uh, shown um, yesterday, for that matter, or, or sorry, uh, three days ago, where the Liberal MPs, the backbenchers, weren't clapping yeah. for their own party. They're just sitting there silent. They won't clap for the you know the conservatives or the, or the NDP stature, <coughs> but they're just sitting there, with uh, sitting on their hands because yeah. a lot of these liberal MPs were small business people one time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're actually against this too, mm-hmm. and they're kind of shove the, shoving this down, you know, the, their own throats, and they you know they really care about say uh, the one from uh, the Maritimes. Mm-hmm. He, he works with a lot of these people. He sees them every day. Mm-hmm. This small town. Yeah. And they're, you know, doing a fishery or, or what have you, some small business. They does, he doesn't want to show his face saying, okay, we're, we're gouging yeah. you right now. Yeah. And he used to be a small businessman himself. Yeah. If the intention was to go after the wealthy in Canada, they've completely missed the mark. Yeah. Because the majority of the people that this is going to affect is middle class people yeah. that are running businesses and trying to make a living and trying to grow this economy right. and make, make a future for themselves and their family as well. Yeah, and, and one last point. It was kind of interesting. During this uh, speech that um, Justin Trudeau did have, he, he was talking about uh, you know the marginal tax rates and how, how it's not fair. And he keeps going about this fairness thing. And he's just basically just saying how, in exact words, I want to be clear. People who make 50000 a year should not pay higher taxes than people that make 250000 per year, Mr. Trudeau told his MPs. Mm-hmm. Exact quote. I don't know where he's getting these numbers from. And an accountant, there's a lot of accountants that's actually gone through yeah. the proposals and they can't figure this out either because you're, if you're making 50,000 a year as a, as an employee, mm-hmm. you're paying about 8,000 a year in income tax. Mm-hmm. If you make 250,000, the corporate tax, the smallest amount is 37,500. And then if you bump into the next one, it goes another thir- to 36, uh, I'm sorry, to 67,000. And then if you actually want to spend the money, then you got to pay it out as a dividend. So, and you'll probably pay about 90 grand in income tax. Mm-hmm. So there's no, he, he can't figure this out. It's an outright, basically, tr- Trudeau is misleading. Yeah. Whether he knows it or not, he may be simply reading something. But yeah, there's no way a corporation is paying less than somebody making 50,000 a year. It just mm. doesn't happen. Mm. Interesting. So. Uh, bottom line again, if you are, if you already have a corporation set up, is there anything you should do now? Yep. You should definitely make dividend payments prior to the year end, mm-hmm. right? We got to do that. <clears throat> in terms of passive investments, again, there's a real lack of clarity in terms of what should happen there. If you're thinking about incorporating or reorganizing your existing business, I would, I would say, uh, unless it's just for, uh, protection against liability. Mm-hmm. So protect your, your mm-hmm. separate your personal assets from your business assets. And again, that's not going to apply to professionals, lawyers, accountants, financial planners. Uh, then yes, it may still make sense. Yeah. So you really need to do a lot more homework before you spend mm-hmm. upwards of five to $10,000 to go through the incorporation process mm. because you may never see a return on that money under these new rules. <laughs> And yeah, absolutely. And Andy's, as he mentioned, his best thing is talk to your accountant. Mm-hmm. They, they're very well versed in what's going on. It, there's a lot of confusion because there wasn't a lot of details yet. Yeah. Um, again, on the passive side, what's considered passive investments? Is it if you have 200000 sitting in your account? Mm-hmm. Um, if you invest it, they're actually talking about that you won't be able to invest in other businesses, other private businesses, mm-hmm. which 
really a lot of small businesses um, will say, okay, I want to start another business. Mm-hmm. So I want to say an insulation company, but yeah. I want to I want to do yeah, a some sort of offshoot. And they'll yeah. do an offshoot and they'll yeah. take that money and start another business with that money. Yeah. And it, that's how the economy grows. Yeah. But they're also saying, well, we, you can't take that passive money and then invest that money. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, the whole idea of uh, money, and you, you can go to Economics 101. If you're paying less in tax, there's no, more money to let it go around the world yeah. and make employ people. And they are, again, at the end of the day, we've seen very large companies in Canada go bankrupt. Yeah. Well, you, know, you don't have to go too far from here. Uh, Blackberry mm-hmm. employed tons of people at one time. And we've seen other real estate companies go bankrupt. And they, they employed a lot of people. Well, they're taking a lot of risk. And those were public companies. Well, private companies, they're doing this on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. They are, and I I talked to a friend of mine just this week. He employs, again, small business, employs six people, Mm -hmm. is in the tech field. Mm -hmm. So these are highly paid people. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot of times where the employees were making more than he was making. Yeah, yeah. Um, He was taking a very small wage, trying to get the business going, but he had to attract- And attract the talent. Had to attract the talent. So he's paying these people 100, thousand plus and he's pulling hardly any wage so basically he had to live off his savings for years mm-hmm. hoping to get this off the ground yeah. now here he is about 15 years later and he's doing okay mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what risk there's no comparison in risk level between this and an employee and certainly i be, I, I do feel that you should be rewarding small business people for taking on that entrepreneurship risk mm. which by the way what is the definition of an entrepreneur Risk taker. Yeah. That yeah, is the yeah. actual definition. Yeah. And if you're not rewarding risk, then what do you got? Do you think there's any wiggle room on this for Trudeau? Well, again, I think right now the emphasis is let's defer. Let's yeah. let's let's continue the talk. Let's keep uh, exploring it. Let's get more clarification on the parts mm. that there's gray area in. And uh, change.org. Yeah. <laughs> Sign the petition. It's about. Uh, I think if you go there, you'll you search uh, the Honorable. Uh, Morneau. Um, Bill Morneau. Yep. Yep. Bill Morneau. Bill, uh, and you'll find uh, the link to the petition. we got to get to 25000 We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now. Leave a message. 905-529-7165. They will get back to you. Don't forget about the website, too. AndyandDon.com. That's AndyandDon.com. You can find out more about their upcoming seminars on October 12th. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now, leave a message at 905-529-7165. They'll get back to you. And of course, you can listen to old archive shows and ask a question at andyanddon.com and find out more about their upcoming seminars October 12th. Uh, family daughter financial, or sorry, family <laughs> dollar financial juggling act or daughter could fit in there. Yeah, as well. I'm <laughs> sure that's actually one of them or the son. The, all the kids are a liability, yeah, aren't they? And it's actually interesting you said that because that was part of, you know what, uh, we're looking Canadians um, are per, are in most debt right now mm-hmm. per capita than they've ever been. Yep. And it's really a juggling act. Now, lower interest rates are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, housing prices um, in terms of, you know the mortgage debts way up, but yeah. but again the lower uh, interest rates was allowed. You know allowing that, and so you you sit there and you hear where am I going to put my money? I need to. I have a couple of kids and I need to put towards education. Mm-hmm. And then what about retirement? I have to put some money into RSPs or I, you know what am I going to do? I can't. You know I I don't want to work forever. And then you think well then there's always the special occasions. I got this wedding coming up and yeah. I got this birthday and. Uh, 
where I need money for that too. And then of course, you only live once. I got to spend some money on holidays. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, okay, where am I going to, what, how do I do this? Well, the first thing, kickstart your e RESP. Now, I know Andy and I, we've talked about registered, registered education savings plans many times. For every dollar you put in, the government throws in 20 cents. Mm -hmm. um, and you can put up to $2,500 per year. And they'll put in, again, 20% of that. They'll put up to $7,200 of free money. Now, free in the sense that you have to come up with the the money, yeah. which is about 36000 actually, right. to get 20% of that, which is $7,200 uh, $7, back. But what a great way to do it. Even if you start doing something small, like mm -hmm. using the child tax credits, if you're getting child tax credit money, right. okay, have that go into it. Now, one of the juggling tips, though, and I love this tip, we've been doing it for years in our family, is ask family members to contribute what they've planned to spend on a birthday or Christmas, have it go into the RESP. Hmm. Um, those toys yeah. or games yeah. or what have you that they get are, you know, they're not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Education, it will be there. And most people are not maximizing this. So it's... You know, you can certainly say even half. I'll spend half on a Christmas gift so that <laughs> mm -hmm. they can have their eyes light up mm -hmm. or and I'll put the other half into an RESP. Congratulations, Congratulations Junior. You've, uh, we've just topped up your RESP for <laughs> you. Uh, have a great well, Christmas. I, I've had grandparents, <laughs> grandparents who want to do this exact thing. And what ends up happening, and I've heard from uh, clients with young children too. A lot of crying. Well, grandma and grandpa, yeah, grandma and grandpa have, uh, they wouldn't give us 50 bucks or 100 bucks because they didn't trust that it would go to the yeah. education plan. They asked, who should we make the check payable to? Mm. The investors group? Okay. Yeah. Investors group, $100 for Johnny's Christmas and education fund. Right, and right. so that there's no risk mm -hmm. that that money is going to get yeah. uh, commingled into, yeah. other, right. into other areas or into a, a little slippery slope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> into a big screen TV. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we all love the big screen TVs and the kids love their games, Game Boys, or whatever they have now. But again, it's the education and it's amazing. I can't tell you how many times I'm sure Andy said this, seen the same thing where people are thanking us mm -hmm. because I don't know what we would have done had we not have saved this money over the last 18 years for the kids' education because where are they going to come up with $80,000? Yeah. And certainly this could provide a big chunk of that. Mm -hmm. you know? So number two, the other thing they got is I got to look after my own RSPs. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? I got this group RSP at work. I have no extra money. Well, again... Try to figure a way to add money. Because if the, co if the company is going to, say, put in 50% of whatever you put in, and some are 100% matching. Mm -hmm. So you put in $100, they put in $100. Mm -hmm. They're literally giving you away free money. Yeah. But again, you have to come and join the party with yeah. some money of your own. Yeah. And it's actually interesting. The industry is estimating right now f that the employers have set aside a bunch of money to match and 40% of it's still being left on the table. Yeah, people aren't taking advantage of Only it. Only 60% is being used. <clears throat> signing up. 40% yeah. is sitting yeah. there waiting to give away, but the, employer, the employees are not doing it. So a juggling tip here would be to prioritize your RSP. Um, take a look at what's the best way. Certainly do not do your own RSP mm -hmm. through the your advisor for that matter. I t keep telling our clients, no, don't do the RSP with me. If you've got a matching program, 50%, yeah. I cannot guarantee a 50% return. Yeah, yeah. So make sure that's looked after first. Um, the other part is if it's between spouses 
and one has a matching and one doesn't, just do the matching one. Mm-hmm. You know, don't even think about. So you can look at a spousal plan or what have you to look at who owns the RSP, but certainly look at matching this uh, using the matching first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, life insurance. I know it's expensive. Probably the best bet if you're juggling around in terms of finances is term insurance. Mm-hmm. You, you can always convert it if you need permanent insurance later. And certainly it's better than mortgage insurance at a, at a financial right. institution. And I think get a base plan because mm-hmm. you can always improve it later. But yeah. having some bottom there, a threshold that's protecting you is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, make the most of your, your tax credits. Um, certainly you're getting child benefits for kids under 18 right now. And you may even qualify for a child disability benefit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not, but you know that may be the case. Certainly one of the tips, if you're getting a refund because of all these credits, take that refund and apply that to your debt, okay? And then uh, certainly look at engaging your kids. This would be number five. Let them help uh, engage your kids in the cost of things mm-hmm. so they have an understanding. And if it means going to buy a used item for, for a sport mm. because they're growing like a weed and they're going to oh, go yeah. through three sizes, yeah. go to a play it again or, yeah. or a used one and get those used uh, pads or hockey sure. skates or what have you. And lastly... The flexibility of mortgages is, a, is amazing right now. And even if it's a five-year closed mortgage, you can look at trying to pay down that debt by double paying a month mm-hmm. here and there or adding 15% at the end of the year. Every little bit helps. And certainly the tax refund might be the best place to start. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Leave a message at 905-529-7165. They will return your call. And check out their website at andyanddon.com. You can find out more about their upcoming seminars on October 12th. Uh, talking this segment about sometimes cheaper can end up being more expensive. Yes. And, you know, I, I don't know where I got, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I got this from my parents because I, I think they really believed that it was important to buy something that was of good quality yeah. that would last a long time as opposed to something that was cheap and be right. replaced. And it's uh, and it's a tough, and it's an interesting shift, I think, that's happening in the demographics right now. When I look at um, millennials and that age group, that there is a sense of this throwaway society. Disposable, yeah. Yeah, everything is disposable. So, and and the trends are so, uh, and the, and the, I think the advertising around new trends, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in furnishings, whether it's style, everything else, is always in our face mm-hmm. and up being updated. Yeah. That the sense is, well, I'm going to have this style of clothing, furniture, whatever right now, but I'm going to then just get rid of it and I'll get new stuff later on. Yeah. And I think that there's, I think there's a good way to do that. I mean, you can buy trendy stuff that can be inexpensive, mm-hmm. uh, but you want to have those core core things that are going to have value and and provide a long-term re- return for you. Mm-hmm. And cars are an interesting one as well, right? Yeah. Because more and more today, people are buying cars and keeping them for a long yeah, time. Yeah, very right? much so. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 
if you can afford to spend a bit more on a car today, a higher mm-hmm. quality car, you're going to have A, it's going to last longer. Mm-hmm. B, it's probably going to have less uh, maintenance issues. C, it's probably going to have more safety features. So you're mm-hmm. actually going to be protected and it'll keep you alive in a crash versus a cheaper car. And uh, and there may be better resale value as well. Right. So there's a lot of factors that go into that. There was an interesting analysis done too on mattresses. Mm-hmm. And so you go out to buy a comfortable- Which is a huge business. Which is oh, a massive. huge business. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can get a $200 mattress. Yeah. I can go to Ikea and get a 200 yeah. buck mattress. But you know what? On, on average, they last about four years. Yeah. Student before special. You have to, student special, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. I've just been the doing futon. that. futon. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a four-year <laughs> program. I need a four-year mattress. That's right. Perfect. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. And then it goes into the trash. It gets yeah. recycled or it goes in the garbage. And uh, But if you buy a $1,200 mattress, they can last like 20 years yep. uh, without any problem at all. So, you know... The, there's an argument on both sides. Well, if you're going to buy a mattress every five years or four years, you're buying it with inflated dollars, mm-hmm. and, but you're still always sleeping on a crappy mattress. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so um, refrigerators are another interesting example. Refrigerators, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. do you spend a lot on a refrigerator or huge, do you spend yeah. a little? And uh, the quality and workmanship of a, of a more expensive machine often plays out in terms of cheaper maintenance, lower operating costs because mm, it's more, more efficient, more efficient. Yeah. it uses less electricity, mm-hmm. and actually can pay for itself over time. Whereas if you get a cheaper version, you're often finding either it's noisier, mm-hmm. it's less efficient, it doesn't do the job as well, and you're never really satisfied. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to go and spend the top bucks on everything that you yeah. buy, right? Yeah. And I think that's where being good, powerful consumers is important. And the best thing about that is planning ahead. Because if you wait until the crisis happens, yeah. now you're in, you got to make a quick decision. It's an impulse you know, The buy, fridge yeah. has died yeah. and now you got to buy one. And yeah. you've got looking at your bank account thinking, well, it looks like it's going to be the $500 fridge this time around yeah. for sure. Uh, but, you know, so planning ahead. Looking at um, really prioritizing what our goals are, and then uh, and understanding the value, and doing your research. There's a lot of information out I there in terms say, of research, consumer yeah. reports, mm-hmm. understanding comparisons, whether it's products or vehicles, efficiency. There's so much information available. You don't want to overload yourself. Too mm-hmm. much information paralyzes you, and you don't yeah. make any decision at all, and you just put it off. But uh, ultimately, I think um, uh, there are many times when spending more on something makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yes, and you imagine if you actually had to pay for your doctor's services. Yeah, good point. Okay, I got to pay for my heart surgeon. I got a leaky valve or something. Yeah. I'm going to go in. Uh, I'm on the discount. Yeah, where's the discount that cheap doctor. one? I want the really cheap one because he's, you know, he, he's charging a thousand lesses instead yeah. of being, it's half price deal yeah, to, for right. him. His bypasses. That happens in the dental industry right now. Bypasses right? are on sale this you, are pay, you do pay for your dentist in yeah. many cases yeah. if yeah. you don't have a plan, right? Yeah, you got to pay. Very true, yeah, yeah. Or you're playing a top up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it's, the uh, it's the other part of it is financial advice, and it's interesting. You know, CFP, the person you're dealing with should have a certified financial should be a certified financial planner. Okay, it means he's taking at least forty um, hours of courses per year. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the experiences. Pref- perhaps references is a good idea. Yeah. But it's interesting what we're getting backlash from. Oh, I went to uh, whatever institution, and I could get this at half percent per year less. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's interesting that they could charge you less, but what was the actual performance? So let's, if we just want to look at performance w- without all the other services that we could do for people. And I looked at um, a lot of cases. I know Andy had one not too long ago. Their return on this one institution was about 3.5% for mm-hmm. the last five years. And this has been a great five years. And they had the gall, if you will, 
to say, well, we're charging you less though. Well, the end of the day is what goes in your pocket? And if you're making say 7% or mm -hmm. 6% um, in a balanced portfolio with us, and you're paying a half percent more for it, or you want to make three and a half percent with a, another company and you're paying less, right. at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. what goes in your pocket. So that's simply on the performance side. And we are seeing that a lot. So you definitely want, in that case, absolutely more expensive to get yeah. something cheaper. Yeah. And the other side, never mind the accumulation of money to making sure that your wills are looked at, the insurance is looked at, the, mm -hmm. your cash flow management is looked at. Having a proper financial plan literally is adding two to three times to a person's net worth. And talk about being cheaper, being more, ex uh, sorry, cheaper is definitely more expensive. Not having a plan is very expensive. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. have been here. Uh, you can call them and leave a message right now at 905-529-7165. And don't forget to check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. You can find old archive shows there. Ask a listener uh, inquiry button. Or, of course, you can as well look at their webs or sorry, look at their seminar coming up October 12th. Uh, thank you very much. Much, gentlemen. Awesome. Good seeing you all again. We'll catch you Thanks, next Scott. week. Have a great week. Thanks, guys.